Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, Monday night, 8pm. The online darts live lounge returns me, Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, and Dan Simpson is stepping in for Lee Boys because he's buggered off to the dogs. Good evening, everyone. How are we? Oh, darling. I'm very well. Yeah, it's all is good. Busy, busy, but yeah, good. Before we um start, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. Have you two kissed and made up yet? <laughs> oh, mate. Like, I just... <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it was so rough. Like, I, so, like, Anna, like, so, my wife, like, she's she's never really... She's never watched football before, like, certainly before she met me. And then she took no interest for the first 10 years we were together. But now, like, having the boys as well, she's sort of been forced and she's managed to, like, drag herself into, like, actually being invested in it. And it was the first time yesterday she watched the match with me from start to finish. We all watched it together. And it got to full time and she literally looked at me and she went, I get it now. Like, I understand, like, <laughs> why, how, how it can literally tear you up. Tear you up. Like, it's the hope that kills you, man. It's the hope that kills you. Uh. Right, let's welcome along the chat room as always. Uh, Owen, Ed, Joe, Craig, Andrew, how are we all doing? Yeah, um, Gazzy was lit. We'll talk about him in a minute. How are we doing, Paul? Hope you are good. Don't worry, Joe. We are not going to forget that because. <laughs> well, here he is. <laughs> um, we will not forget Fallon's line data, that's for sure, because that's what's dominated every feed over the weekend. Uh, AMB Florin, how are we doing? James is in as always. Uh, Bob Raff, how are we doing? Jar. Hope you are good, buddy. Um, John is in as always. Um, but what a what a week of darts we have had. Before we jump into the specifics and all that, just a fabulous week of darts since the last time we were here. Busy. It's been good, busy, hasn't it? Lots going on. and 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 not just um, like not just there was lots of darts on, but lots to talk about. It was quite it was it was good. There was lot there was lots of news, there was lots of information, lots of stories, lots of things happening. Um, really, really good, really good. Yeah, a hundred percent. How are we doing, Jack? Hope you are good. Um, yeah. In... <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Um, someone is watching, and you're getting absolutely hammered, Prime Boy. Oh. <laughs> well, why are not oh, right, so Just so Billy. Billy's been taking the mic, right? Just I'm only leaning to here, but. He said that we have. To, I have to tell you that he's got more than you have. <laughs> I've got two more downstairs. I got the Meta Moon somewhere. We've got. He's got. He's got the lot. The full. Oh, yeah, he's watching the other. Is, Billy is seven. Yeah, that's the difference, mate. He's an eight-year-old little boy. <laughs> um, right, he's the politest kid I've ever met. By the way, every time we ever talk about Billy, I have to say that he calls me Mister Gob. I absolutely love it. He's very much looking forward to seeing you all at the weekend. He's, he's looking, he's excited. Yes. Um, how, how are we doing, Tommy? Hope you are good, Malachi. Right, let's, let's jump right into it. Let's do the biggest thing over the weekend first. Because on Friday, all hell broke loose. Oh, certainly did. Um, 
Oh, Mint now Mint. I know why she's watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, congratulations to Fallon, the first female to hit a televised nine data, despite all the idiots on social media. Yeah, it's not televised because there was no one there watching. Idiots. Bollocks. Yeah. I So what I said on the stream at the weekend was, do you know how I watched that? I watched it through Sky Q, which last I checked was a television system. Correct. Televised um, them, wasn't it? Because it was on my telly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the first female to hit a televised line data. We'd seen her do one on the Challenge Tour earlier on in the year, but this time there was footage. And it's safe to say, boys, numbers have been absolutely freaking ridiculous. Ah, oh, it. But and why shouldn't they be? Like it is. It's 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 a moment, and that's what's quite cool. And and there's quite a lot of them that that we've had, to be honest, in the last three or four years of of the sport. That it will still be played in five years' time, and it will still be played in ten years' time. And when three, four, five, six other people do it, and when it becomes the norm, and there's as many for women as there is men, that that'll still be the first. It'll still be the first time it was done, and that's very cool. It would be a very cool thing when somebody eventually builds the, you know, the National Dart Museum. That that'll be in there somewhere because it's the first time. Yeah. Um, look, it was a, a, a moment of magic. It even played on Sky Sports News because I had to get them the clip ASAP. Um, look, it, it had been brewing. We'd seen Fallon hit back to back on the Super Series a few times and hit dart seven and missed dart eight and, and, and so on. But it was also one of the cleanest nine darters I've seen from anyone. There wasn't what you call a scruffy dart in there. No, it was pretty pretty rhythmic as well, wasn't it? There wasn't there, there wasn't uh there wasn't much of a stutter. It flowed really well. It was nice to watch. Strange that she's gone nineteens double twelve as well. Because we all know eight fifteens, eighteens is is the route and I think we're going to see her do that a lot more. And now that she's done it the traditional way, broke the book, she can go her way. And I think now that one's done as well, we've seen, what, two this year from her in competition, one on a challenge tour, one now in the Super Series. They're just going to start raining in. Well, I, funny enough, I, I spoke to Fallon about this when she did the one on the challenge tour because no one knew which way she went. And I said, did you go 18s? And she went, no, I went the traditional way. I went the 19s way because in my head, that's the traditional way to do it. Yeah. Um, but look, it was just a, a, a magical, magical moment um, from Fallon. And congratulations to her as always. Um, right. Should we crack on with the Pro Tour, boys? Because Pro Tour action was back. But before we dive into it, the amount of players that were missing... Um, how we doing, Missy? Glad you are back. Um, yeah. How we doing, Paddy? Um, yeah, before we go into the action, there was an awful lot of players missing. Not just the World Series boys, which I can kind of understand. In general, what did they go down to? 39, or if not lower, on the Challenge Shore of Merit? I know I had a count up really early on the stream on on Saturday, and there was we were missing seven of the top ten, and then outside of that, there was you know you counted down and you got you know Searle wasn't there, Gando wasn't there, you know, Ad Lewis obviously we know is not out there, so you there was there was a lot of there was a lot of of, of names missing, but 
I don't think you can. I don't think you can be particularly surprised by it. Sort of, you know, for those of us in the UK, it's the last week of the school or you know, the kids' holidays. So those who are able to, you know, take a, you know a week off the tour and don't need to be on that, you know, probably looked at that as an opportunity where they could have a holiday with the kids and not take the kids out of school. Um, there's other people that just don't, and it was in Germany. There's other, the, the, we know there are players that just don't like getting on a plane and and they're happy enough going to Barnsley and they're happy enough going to Leicester, but they don't fancy flying over to Hildesheim. Um, so I think it was a it was a combination. There were a number of factors that meant that that's probably going to be about the lowest attended of of the year in terms of the you know the top end of the pro tour. Yeah, and look, it was noticeable that the, the standard was down compared to what we're used to on a pro tour with with all with so many big hitters missing. Which I, I kind of yeah, like you say, it, it's understandable. But with that in mind, we haven't had the the twenty twenty four calendar yet, and we're expecting it soon. Is that something that needs to be looked at? Because essentially, this is a job to people. And yes, they are paid extremely well and, and idolised, and, and, and I get that. But maybe a little bit more organisation in not having pro tours during the kids' holiday, perhaps? See, I, I, I look at that both ways, in that I think that... So there's a decent chunk of the pro tour that are that aren't doing this full time. You know, that yes, it's a job and they get paid well for it. There's a decent chunk of that tour that are working other jobs as well and 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 have you know and are employed or, or and some of the younger ones Christ they're still in you know university and college and things like that. Um sometimes for 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 those that are in that situation then you you might be better off aiming for the school holidays because in reality you're only going to get the only people who are going to dip one are either those that really don't fancy it or can afford to do it. So it's probably just creating more opportunities for people, you know, deeper down the order of merit. That's not breaking my heart, really. Or the other one, as Jar says there, when we're going to fit the rest in PB, or do you box clever and rejig it? So instead of putting a pro tour in the end of August, you put a Euro tour in, which the players are less likely to miss because of the financial gains. And then you can put the Pro Tour in somewhere else on what was a Euro Tour weekend. Oh, you have a four or five day run of them somewhere. And 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 do more on the bounce. And again, you might get the top end that'll play the first three days or the last two days or something like that. But in terms of you know appeasing everybody that that I say, there's, for every suggestion you make, there's sort of good and bad. And I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that you you lose you lose some credibility, arguably, in the event if you know ten of your top sixteen are aren't at the event. But that's not the case for all of them throughout the year. And I just think if you're going to change something to appease people. We don't need to find opportunities for the top ten to earn an extra five hundred quid. Like I just, uh, you know, I, I'd ra- I'd rather that opportunity got spread around a little bit. And because you're never going to, because if Michael Smith fancies one off, he'll still have it. You can do, you could, you could put it on any week of the year, and he fancies one off, he'll have it. Um, to, to a point, I just I, I, Michael Smith as an example. No, there. No, 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 I, 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 to, to a point, I, 
I, I agree. I, th- I just think it's a, it's a real tough one because Pro Tours used to mean something. And we spoke about this a few months ago where because of the Euro Tour and what the Euro Tour means and what it, it does for players in terms of jumping rankings, getting them into TV events, I just think the Pro Tour seems a little bit diminished now. And it says that to win a Pro Tour used to mean something where I'm not sure it does to an awful lot anymore, where we've seen players openly talking that over this weekend, today was the most important day for them. And that shouldn't be the case, I, I feel. Does the money change that much, though? Or is it just a change in approach from the players? Well, see, the Pro I think that's... gone from 10 to 12, and a Euro Tour's gone from 25 to 30 at the top end. Yeah, at the bottom end, it's a big difference, though, isn't it? Yeah. Huge difference at the bottom end. And that, you know, that that getting on that Euro Tour as well is a... Is a that's where we, we've seen players make big jumps up the rankings, um, huge jumps up the rankings by getting and qualifying for those Euro Tours, even not getting past the first round, but qualifying for three Euro Tours and making, like, big jump up without actually winning a game in Europe. Yeah, qualify, just to qualify for three Euro Tours, it's like four and a half grand. Yeah. You know, if you think about... And, and again, that not, thing, though, isn't it? You've got to go and back yourself to go and do well, because if you do go and win a Pro Tour, like Gezi has and whatever, like... And let's be honest, there is a much wider variety in players that are winning a Pro Tour more recently than there ever has been. If you go back 10 years ago, it's the same 10 to 12 players picking up Pro Tour titles week in, week out. There is more opportunity to that. One of those suddenly gets you back into the race to the to the Players' Championship finals. Well, Peter Wright could drop up at any point between now and the end of the season, win a Pro Tour, and it'll be in mine head. But we, and that's the thing is you come... You and again, we'll probably go into more detail on it later on. Richie Edhouse is a brilliant example of that. Richie Edhouse was an absolute mile away from Minehead. Richie, there was no way on earth Richie Edhouse was going to Minehead. Like he he he, go, he gets to a semi final, then there's another deep run, and all of a sudden he's in the green. Like, oh, and 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 that's you know, and and that's where I favour the opportunities being created. You know, for me rather than pandering a little bit at the top end. Yeah, I'd love it. The chat room getting involved in this is superb, everyone. Reading through your comments, it's been... It's great to see people getting involved in this and, and the chat room. You are absolutely superb. Uh, Dimmy had an awful weekend. Yeah, we'll touch on him in a minute as well. But event number 17. Right, let's try and... I practised earlier and it worked. He's going to press the wrong button now, isn't he? Yeah. One of us is getting cut off. No, I've I've then just got to go. That's busy. Uh, It doesn't really work because of that bit, but yeah. We'll go. That's Inception. Yeah, I feel like I'm being drawn. There we are. There we are. Um, Ignore the lines for us. It's the only one I could get, but we can all see the results. Go back Um, to the better like that. We're we're getting there with our funky graphics, <laughs> slowly. Um, but Erin Price defeated Josh Rock. Now, Dan, you were obviously doing it for us because I was at Champions of Champions. Was there a little bit of beef after the final? Did someone say? 
Uh, if I'm honest, mate, at that point, I'd been live for six and a half hours. And the, <laughs> and, and the moment it was over, I, I ended the stream. Thanks for coming, folks. Bye. Ran straight for a pee. Yeah, I did. Jesse, so no, I, yeah, that was it. Um, as, as, as you were, off you got no. So I genuinely didn't see, and I didn't see, I didn't pick anything up um, afterwards. So you probably know more than I do on that because I hit the door. No, fair enough. I, I don't know the internationals. There may not have been, but I just there was some rumblings and said something. Someone said in the chat room as well. Um, but with the greatest of respects for for Gerwin Price standards, he kind of won it with a B game. Yeah, he he, he, limp, he limped his sort of... Other than the quarterfinal against Jeff Smith. So, the, the um, Jeff Smith had played really well all day. We saw a bit of a side of him that we hadn't seen for some time. Um, and, and, I, and I was quite looking forward to that game because Jeff had played really well all day. And in the quarterfinals, Gezi hit an average... I think it was just shy of 106, I think, in um, on the averages. And yeah. just it was a monster performance from Gezi in, in that quarterfinal. But he, he, he seemed all day to just... I mean, the semi-final, he just got through Noble Leg with Richie Edhouse. Um, and Richie Edhouse might, off the top of my head, might have missed a match start as well. Um, he, he did seem to limp his way to victory on, on day one. He come through a Noble Leg in the top 16 against Jamie Hughes. He, he, the only real dominating performance was that Jeff Smith game in the quarters. Yeah, completely. And on Jeff Smith... Is he doing it again? Is he timing that run to try and keep his tour card again? He kept it by the skin of his teeth and he had a brilliant weekend. Is he is he doing it again? The time to hit form in the PDC is now. The next four months are incredibly busy. Obviously, you need a little bit of something behind you to make sure you're close enough to be qualified for these events as it is. But the time to hit form, make sure you're in the TV events and, and play well is now. There's more majors between now and the end of the year than there have been up until this point, unless you're playing in the World Series and the top boys don't really need that. So it does need a lump though. And there's there's a lot of talent between him and even the 64th spot. Like at the there's there's and and there's a lot of people in there, you know, the likes of Steve Lennon, the likes of Kevin Dukes, the likes of you know, um, Bradley Brooks, you know, people that we've seen good things from this year. So he's going to have to do something, you know, a couple of deep runs on the Pro Tour is not going to do it for Jeff Smith at this stage. Yeah, agreed. Um, good run or a semi-good day for William O'Connor. Much needed from him. Uh, Danny Antripe, uh, a semi-final for him as well. Again, he's been disappointed, he said, with his opening year on tour, but going about his business quite well. Who was, or what else was the standout for you on Saturday, Dan? Um, Richie Edhouse was top all day. Like, came through some sticky situations as well. Like, he, he did, you know, yeah, he was right up against it, against Kim Hybrex. You know, pushed Gezi in the semis very, very, very well. Um, it was just a few games. He edged out Daryl Pilgrim earlier in the day. It was. It was. Uh, I, th I thought Richie House was was brilliant. Certainly that semi final run. I mean, Josh Rock was great. Like Josh, Josh and Josh did some brilliant stuff. There was. He, he certainly wasn't near the best form that we've seen of him. He wasn't the Josh Rock of twelve months ago yet. Again, 
But there was just little moments. I can't remember which stage in the day it was, but there was a match where he looked like he was going to be broken. He was a mile behind and he looked like he was going out. It was it was a sort of noble leg, um, which we had the more we had more five holes than I've seen in three years. It was mad on Saturday. <laughs> the relentless five holes. Um, and he just and I remember I said on the stream like the Josh Rock's going to have to pull out something ridiculous or he's like he's out today, and he come out and it was it was like one eighty bang ninety seven finish bang bang done, and it was just he he found you know the, the 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 phrase everybody likes you know he did the right things at the right time without being relentless he didn't towel anybody but he 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 looked like he remembered how to win. And that was that was quite promising. So we've talked about Jeff Smith, um, Danny Van Tripe was great. William O'Connor, there was there was a few good. There's Ricardo Petresco and Kim Hybrix both had a top sixteen run on Saturday, and they are, I believe, about five hundred quid out of each other in the bottom slot of the Grand Prix race. Yeah. So that was a bit. Um, that was, you know, a, a sort of a point of interest through the days too. Who could go one better than the other and just fill that last green slot for for the time being. But um, but they both went out in the same round, so that, <laughs> that didn't get as exciting as we'd hoped at one point. Yeah, and moving on to the Sunday, it was a Gerwin Price double. He beat Jean Van Veen in the final, but we are going to talk about Jean for a minute. What a prospect and talent that boy is looking. We had him on the show not so long ago, level-headed, and he's just doing special things at the moment. I'm fortunate enough to mark for him a couple of weeks ago, and the mentality is just solid. He just keeps going and going. He had a couple of bad legs in the middle of the match where his opponent came back at him, and he just responded brilliantly. His counting is excellent as well, by the way. Um, left 170 from three different positions in three different legs. It was just awesome to see the setup play go, yeah, I've done it again, sort of thing. Um, but he just keeps coming. And the, the fact that he's already overcome issues with his action at such a, a young age bodes well for him. There is worries if they do ever return. But for the rest of it, he looks a complete package right now. Yeah. And look, he's going to be in everything. He's going to be hard to beat, that's for sure. Um, but also... Some return to form to Joe Cullen as well. That that's been needed from him because he hasn't had a good year today, the rock star, and that's just what the doctor ordered. Nothing special from him. We still know he's got more gears, but actually to just produce that bang in the middle 90s average and, and get wins over and over again is is just what Joe Cullen needs to to rebuild. You can't go crazy without a, a base platform. Rob Cross. When Rob Cross starts returning to form, you see his B game back before you see his A game. You see him come up with a base game, and then he starts to deliver those extra performances on top. Joe Collin looks to be doing exactly the same right now. Yeah, completely agree. And we're going to talk about Daryl Pilgrim. He absolutely smashed up the Motor Super Series last week, went to the Pro Tour, and he's got to a quarterfinal. What's a talent, and how he's not got a tour card? Well, he'd, he'd done top sixteen the day before. Like he's not had one good day. He's had a he's had a good weekend and a good week, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's just incredible what he can produce, and surely he's going to be one of the favourites to get his to get his card come January. I know a lot can happen between now and then, but it's going to take something special for him not to have it. 
Yeah, you'd think so. It's it's going to be. I mean, and we always talk about it. It is it's chaos, isn't it? And 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 again, more so than ever before. I'm convinced that the depth of talent without a tour card is better than it's ever been ever. Oh, completely and, you know, So so, and and there's so many. Well, I, I suppose what I found myself doing the other day is, you know, when you make a list of players you consider like they're a top prospect for a tour card. They're a top. You've got probably twice as many players as you have tour cards, and it's it's going to be re, like there's going to be there's going to be very very talented players disappointed just on numbers. Well, that's the thing. They all can't win them back in January. It's impossible. Um, yeah. Paul, I've starred your question. We'll talk about that one in a little bit. Um, but Gezi, he's been, for his standards, I think he's disappointed this year. We've seen flashes of his brilliance in the Premier League where he's looked unplayable. But for his immense talent, it's not quite happened this year. But We've seen in previous years when Gezi plays his best, he's doing it on the Pro Tour first and he plays himself into form on the Pro Tour. Maybe. Look, the fact that he's here and the others aren't... It's always a difficult measuring stick with with Price anyway. He's always had that love-hate relationship with the crowd. We know that of all the players at the very top level, he is probably one of the most volatile in that his game can just blow up at absolutely any point in either direction. Um the absence of the other big boys this weekend makes it more difficult to judge where he is. But obviously, as the rest of this year unfolds, that's when we'll get to know how big of a contender going Price is for the World Championship at the end of the year. Um, he seems to be enjoying it. He seems to be in a good place. But then again, his last couple of interviews said something about issues of his house again and that that was issuing him while he was over in Australia. So... It's about getting that balance right for me. Gezi is a far better player when everything is right at home. Oh, completely. Well, I think you'll say most of them are. Yeah. Um, Gene Van Veen's still 100 to 1 to win the world. Some of the numbers he's putting in, you, you wouldn't mind a little bit of that each way. I was going to say, I might get my 50 pence uh, on that one, I think. There's a little each way bet. Right. So after these two players' championships, the race for Minehead is looking very, very intriguing. More because of the players that have got a freaking lot of work to do, quite frankly. There are a lot of high-profile names that are a million miles off at the moment. And they're running out of chances as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just scrolling down. Right. Team Barry. Martin Kleermacher, Ricky Evans, Martin Lukeman, um, Ryan Meikle, Vincent van der Voort, Nathan Aspinall, Cameron Menzies, um, Mensal Sulevich, not really surprised because he just doesn't play enough. Alan Suter is a mile off. Scott Waits, Labanowskis, King, Tricol, uh, not really that one. Um, but the big, big one is Snakebite. He has got a massive mountain to climb. He is currently 128th on the race for Minehead. On the Pro Tour this year, he has only earned 3,250 quid. But it is mad because if he wins one event, he's in. And you wouldn't put it past him. 
Would you at the moment, though? Well, I just think he's he's licorice all sorts in it. Like anything can happen. <laughs> you never know. Like you just don't know. You've you've absolutely no idea what could happen with him at any time. Like he could turn up and and throw, you know, whatever set of darts he fancies that week, and he could win a, a pro tour and then play garbage for a month. And uh, if if I'm honest, I and this is going to sound ridiculous, and you're gonna yeah, you are going to think like, what are you talking about? I. I, for some reason, I have an odd feeling that Peter Wright will do something bonkers and, and get in there. I, I'm properly worried at this point for Nathan Aspinall. Well, he simply hasn't played enough pro tours, and I think he said that himself. And it, because he's going to have, because, and, and I know, again, Nathan Aspinall can go and bang a load of semi finals in and, and he can go and win them. Like we, we know that, and he's got the level, he's got the talent, but he has to, he has to go and do it. And, and he has to do it when everyone else is going to start keep picking money up as well. Now, there are some people that I expect to plummet out of that bottom 64. Like, sorry, in, in that, you know, that are in green there. You know, Jim Williams. I don't I, I who knows what Jim Williams is up to, you know. <laughs> I, I, Jim Jim Williams is currently going to my net. Like, Jim's probably got other ideas. Um, there'd be a local tournament he fancies more, I, would, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I do feel nervous that Nathan Aspinall is, you know, 15, 16 positions back on, on getting in. And, and there are people above him that will pick money up between now and then. You know, they might not qualify, but Keen Barry will pick some money up. Steve Beaton will pick some money up. Ricky Evans will pick some money up. Martin Lukeman will pick some money up. A little bit nervous that he is that far back, but he's two and a half grand behind. That's not a lot for a player in a for Aspinall's calibre. That's a week's work. Yeah, but he's had he's had forty weeks so far, thirty odd 40 weeks. weeks. Forty weeks elsewhere, and let's be honest, at the start of the season, when he had issues with his action, then he's had a, a quite intense Premier League campaign to deal with. Then obviously, he's I, been I, no, I, on I, the World I, Series as well. He is one of the players you'd expect to be managing his calendar up until this point. It puts more pressure on him to go and deliver in these pro tours, granted. as It's only the players, really, that he's got to go and chase, though, because everything else he'll be there from his order of merit ranking rather than um, pro tour order yeah. of merit ranking. Um, but like, you, you just wouldn't put it past him, would you? He's absolutely quality, and right now he is one of the best players in the world. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, how are we doing, Hendy? Hope you are good. Evening, Roger. James says... Do we think 16 grand, is that going to be in and around the cutoff, do we think? Um, well, what have we... How many do they play? 30? 30. So you're just over half. So we're just over halfway and you're probably going to... Yeah, 50% off half in terms of getting us... Because it's top 64. Yes, 50, 15, 16. Rough average on the like the quick maths on that's probably going to be about there. If that's where people have got to after 18. 15 and a half-ish. Uh, how are we doing, Rebel Can I hope you are good. The other one I want to talk about in all this is Alan Souter. Is the rigours of him trying to juggle what he does, which is remarkable, by the way, and be a dart player at the highest level, catching up with him a little bit. I think so. The thing with Suter is when he first came, obviously he made a big impact. Then he's had a big drop-off. Then he had almost a second wind 
a few months back where he went for that tune-up session of his manufacturer. So um, they offer it to, to anybody. You, you rock up, you, you test all sorts of flight stems and, and combinations, etc. He went for that and it changed the game and he was hitting so many more 180s after he'd been for that in that short space afterwards. But it's just regressed again. And that's possibly a result of lack of consistency between Pro Tours. There is big gaps at the minute. Yeah. Which is which is intriguing. Well, not intriguing, but yeah, it, it just adds an interesting dynamic to the to these Pro Tours. Um, James said there. So if we're going off that, Peter Wright will need thirteen grand from twelve Pro Tours. That's going some on his current form. I just don't think form. I just don't think the word form applies to Peter Wright. Just meaning a year, ago, a year ago, I would have agreed, but since the Grand Slam last year, and, and look, I, I know there was all kinds of issues that him and Joe were both ill and and everything like that, but he's just not looked the same Peter Wright since then. No, I know, I I I agree. I just think he's highly unpredictable as and when he will. You know, that that's the thing. I completely agree with you. I don't think you look the same at all. I just think you never quite know. Um, you never quite know. Yeah. Definitely, I think, got a point with Merv, sadly. Oh, I think Merv's in trouble, but I, I just don't think his ceiling is as high as Peter Wright's is anymore. No. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So... The final action of the Pro Tour weekend was today. The qualifiers for ET 11 and 12. So, qualifying for Yenna. Good luck getting there. Um, James Wade, Simon Whitlock, Kevin Duke, Jean Van Veen, Stephen Bunting, Callum Goffin, Daryl Gurney, Brian Roman, George Killington, Madders Rasma, Dylan Slather, Mickey Mansell, Mike Dedeker, Ricky Evans, Cameron Menzies, Stephen Burton, Florian Hempel. Alan Suter, big result for the man we've just spoken about there. Darius Lamanauskas, Jules Van Dongen, Steve Lennon, another big result for Connor Scott and a ton top in average. Luke Woodhouse and Daniel Closer are all going to Yenna for ET11. Connor Scott is doing a lot of good things right now. Yeah, I was I was I was singing his praises quite a lot on Saturday because he, he had a good run. And he played he played some really really nice starts on on Saturday, um, and I know we you know we got to have a decent chat with him on on this stream, and like we were what a what a nice lad and what a sort of good approach that he's got to to the game. Um, but I think what you know he, he's now for some he's he's going to qualify for those big events. You know he's going to Minehead. That uh, he's. I expect he's going to be going to the World Championships, barring a, a complete catastrophe. But like we talked about before, when we when we had him on before, he was he was in the green for Minot at the time, and he, and he wasn't in the green for for the World Championships. He, he's now well in well in that those qualification spots, and and I, I talked about it quite a lot of the weekend. It, it's far far easier to be in those qualification places and defending it than be you know 10, 15 points outside and and have to try and claw your way up to qualify for those events. So I think he's in a really good position right across the board, um, progressing up 
the the rankings and qualifying for all sorts. And yeah, long may it continue because he's a good lad. Yeah, and then for ET twelve, which is Budapest, I believe. Yeah, um, Ross Smith, big win for him. He he needed that. Brendan Dolan, Jose de Salza, Nathan Rafferty, Andrew Gilding, William O'Connor, Joe Murden, big Christoph Ratajski. That's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Jermaine Mosamina, James Wade, Luke Woodhouse, Scott Williams, Ricardo Petrezco, Stephen Bunting, Robert Owen, Gabriel Clement, Jean Van Veen doing a double, Gurney doing another double, Roby John Rodriguez, Scott Waits, Richard Beenstra. Some from somewhere, Vladimir Anderson has qualified for a Euro Tour. Madders Rasma, Mike De Decker, and Keen Barry. Hmm. That's a bit of more of a, a range and what I'd call an odd list. There's some names on there that you didn't see them qualifying on the current form they've produced recently. No, but if you offered me ET12 qualifiers against ET11 in a team match, I think I'd take the 12. <laughs> That's a good idea. Someone should book that. Maybe, but there's also a few in there that I wouldn't take. Yeah, like you. <laughs> Um, you're a journalist. Well, I've never called myself that. Content creator. That was a worrying one for me. So if you, if you look at the European Championship qualification spots, the European Tour Order of Merit, number 32 right on the cusp is Chris Dorby, who missed out on both. Yeah. More work to do. Yeah, completely. Um, can we talk Dimitri Vandenberg? Yes. One of my favourite topics of conversation. Because I'm really struggling to work out what what Dimitri Vandenberg is right now. Because his ceiling is obviously incredible. But he's been so inconsistent that, let's be fair, there were a lot of people asking questions why he got picked for the World Series. I understand the Premier League pick because look, he had a good World Championship and he ticks the boxes. I get that. Would he have been in mind? I don't know, but I, 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 I get I get the selection. I can see why. But there are a lot of talk around his World Series. He didn't produce in the World Series for me. And it's just, it's just so misfiring at the moment. Again, nothing on the Pro Tour. Didn't qualify for either Euro Tours. Are we are we a slight concerned right now? I don't know what it is because last year we were calling for him to be more entertaining aesthetically in terms of pick the pace up that we know he's capable of and, and just free flow. We sort of saw that in the Premier League and it didn't really produce results. The World Series... He's not been the most animated that we've seen from him. He just seems to be going through the motions a little bit. I, I, I just don't know anymore with him. I, I don't know if he's still got that drive and desire to go and be the best in the world. I'm not sure if he's putting it in on the practice board, etc. because there is such a wide range in his game right now. And you can't blame the equipment because he's gone back to whatever. Unless that, that change didn't last long enough for it to be yeah. so negatively impactful. The change was bad. We all know that. 
the first dart that he went with was completely different to what he'd been throwing for the last few years, despite the fact it was the same dart that he threw when he joined 10 years ago and started playing darts. That's a long time. Went straight back to something very, very similar to the, what he's used to. It produced results straight away. His upturn in form was, was massive. It's a real weird one. And I'm going to rewind 18 months. When he was going through that phase of playing at his pace and doing it his way, he wouldn't be changed at all. But I go back to the match play last year when, let's be fair, on live TV, MVG ripped the piss out of him. Let's be brutally honest. He absolutely ripped him publicly for what he was doing. And has that maybe affected him a little bit? Because I don't think he's been quite the same in terms of knowing what Dimitri Vandenberg is since then. Because from that moment, we've seen all kinds. We've seen quick, slow. Has, has maybe that affected him? I, I don't know if he... Knows, you know, like if we like, like we literally say, I, I don't know what he's doing, I don't know what he is. I, I, I completely agree with you, Phil, but I think he's in the same camp as me and you. Like, I think, he, I think he's exactly the same. I don't think he knows if he's doing things. I think, you know, in terms of the way that he's even playing on the stage and the way he's approaching the game, whether or not that's part of the game that's for him, that's for other people, that's because he feels pressure to play in a particular way. It, it's, I, I don't think that he's getting up on the stage and playing in the way that suits him best. God knows why. But I don't think he is. I think part of that is what we called for. We wanted to be, to be more entertaining. When he was slowing it down and the whole deep breath at the hockey, etc., it just wasn't conducive to... To good viewing for the majority of people, See, I and I think he felt a lot of pressure that going into a Premier League where actually we've been on about it for so long now, but in such a narrow field, being entertaining is almost as important as being good. Yeah, but I, I, I get it. I just think it's a foolish, it's a foolish man that takes the approach. That I, I agree with you. But if, if anything you are doing towards being entertaining compromises in any way the darts you're throwing, you're a fool. Like, if Dimitri Vandenberg throwing faster means he doesn't play darts as well, he should not throw faster if he's got half a brain in his head. Because he doesn't get paid, granted, like Premier League aside, he doesn't get paid based on the speed of his darts. He's yeah. paid based on what he puts in the, in the bed. I, I, I get that, and I, I do. But I also, the other side of the argument is, when he was doing all that, he was getting booed by the crowd. Like, you could hear it. It was loud booing. So, what what do you do? Do you play at your pace, but be hated and booed all the time? Or do you try and play quick? I, I think we spend a lot of time in darts, and and I and I appreciate it's a, it's a it's a for the large part a solo sport. You know, you are one person doing your thing, and when the crowd boos, they are booing you, the person. But we never we do, we don't talk about that about any other sport. You know, if we were talking about football, we talk about boxing, we talk about golf, we talk about something else. We wouldn't think 
oh, is he going to do that? Because if he does that, the crowd will boo. You know, if they start wasting time at the end and the keeper holds on to it a bit longer, the crowd will boo. We know that'll affect him. Like, we don't talk about that in any other sport. It seems something that we only really talk about in darts. And that might be because it's more relevant in darts. I just think if you're a player that is, you know, aspirationally a top 10 player, you need to be able to, in order to achieve that and achieve it over, over a long, you know, and achieve it and sustain it, you need to be able to put that to one side. And if and if doing what, whatever it takes that where you throw the best darts, that's what you need to do when you've got to have the strength of character to do it. Yeah, it's, it, it's a real, real intriguing one. I'm going to have to scroll back because obviously we've been talking about rankings and and everything um, like that. There was a couple of questions. Um, Hendy says, the way PB was worried about Jose de Souza, I think Gob has the same concerns about Dimitri. No. Right. One from Jack. Hey, guys, is there any chance that Peterson and Smith, Jeff Smith, could save their cards, or is the damage done? I think the damage is done for Devon, if I'm being honest. Let's have a look. The problem, the problem is there's an awful lot of money left on the table this year, but, but a lot of that requires you to be at those tournaments where the money's on the table. If you're not, you know, if you if you if you're still playing for your tour card, but you're in everything, then you've got a chance because you can go and earn money. If you're if you're if you are in the situation like like Devon, right, well Devon's not qualifying for anything. You're not going anywhere. So going to pro tour events. And that's why it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I I, I think Jeff Smith can I think Devon? No. There are some big and very talented players that are going to go right to the wire this year. Right to the wire. Yeah. People who probably 18 months ago we wouldn't have expected to be in this position. No, I, I agree. You know, uh, I wouldn't have thought two years ago Ted Everts would be, you know, going to the wire for a, you know, for a tour card. Probably Darius Slavonowskis, you know, the stuff we've seen from him, we've seen some brilliant darts in 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 parts. Um, you know, Rusty Jake, Bradley Brooks, you know, the players that eighteen months ago I didn't think would be in this position, but I think some of them are gonna are gonna go really really close. Yeah. Um, Jamie, absolutely. I didn't know Kevin Bonessa hit a nine data on the Euro Tour qualifier today. Congratulations to him. It wasn't televised, though, was it? No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that was the, um, the Pro Tour roundup. Good to have the Pro Tour back, have to say. Um, another three coming up. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday next week. I fully expect to see most of the big boys back. You'd expect so. They've had their break now. 
And it's oh, time to, to get ahead on now, isn't it? You think we're not too far away now from the Grand Prix, the Grand Slam, etc. That they need to start playing darts again. Yeah, oh, three on the bounce as well, third, fourth, and fifth. And he, and then a Euro Tour on the sixth. That's a bumper week, isn't it? Well, the the the, the Euro Tour is interesting because we already know that there's no MVG, Michael Smith. Gerwin Price or Johnny Clayton going to Yenna. They've already all pulled out. Two of them have a whole host of exhibitions that week, funny enough. Hmm. <laughs> um, but look, yeah. Wasn't me. Um, by the way, we've got a message from Fallon. She says, hi, everyone in the chat room. Thank you very much for your nice comments. She just what's at me. Kiss ass. <laughs> I said, come in, come in and take the piss out of God like normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Pro Tour returns then. Right. What are we going to next? Done that. Right. Seniors. Seniors oh, returns in your this coming weekend for the seniors match play, the Barbican in York. Are we doing predictions? We are. Yeah, boy. Yes. And I'm doing them this time. You're not leaving me out, Phil. I'm doing them this time. You left me out for the Masters. You're like, oh no. no you, you left yourself out because you're no, like, you oh, left me out. Oh, I don't want to put you in a different position. Yeah, because you always mind that well, when I last five predicts it, they were going to go at me. Yeah, well, I'm wrong. <laughs> I agree. Quite right. Not literally. Um, where's the draw? Let me see. Right. OnlineDarts.com. That's the best place to find the draw, isn't it? You know. Have we written it up? <laughs> yeah, I did. Someone else. <laughs> oh, disaster. Yeah. There's no wiki page yet. So do we know? Is So here's, like, genuinely, this is a really selfish question as well, because I've got the draw up in front of me now. But have do we know yet what the order of play is? What we're seeing in the afternoon, what's in the evening? What's Do we know what's going on or not? Or, or, or is it known, but we're not saying it out loud? Uh, yeah, no, the, the order of plays out. Is it? Yeah, the order of plays been out since the day the draw came out. Well, I was, that's fine. I've I I got the draw in front of me, but I wasn't sure if that related to what was uh, what was when. Right. First of all, can Leonard Gates make it a hat-trick? Probably. No. Ah. Uh, can he or will he? Two oh, very different yeah, questions. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair Be enough. more specific in the way that you phrase your questions, Mr. Journalist. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, yeah, right. I, I said that way, I'll get two answers out of you. Uh, yeah. We do have an order of play, Dan, but we the, the different to the draw bracket. Just wanted to do, I'd see if I came on the afternoon, that's all. The afternoon, uh, so this is the order of play for matches. So, uh, Scott Mitchell versus Paul Hogan is the very first game on. Uh, Richie Housen versus Trina Gulliver. 
Martin Good. Adams against Kevin Painter and Leonard yeah. Gates against Colin McGarry to close the session. That will be an absolute firework of a game. Uh, in the evening, uh, John Henderson opens up against David Cameron. Uh, Robert Thornton will take on Neil Duff. Phil Taylor against John Part and Glenn Dorrant closes the night against Jim McEwen. Some good, good games there. It's nice to see. It's nice to see. Does a seeded? That's been some time, that, hasn't it? Yes. With all the love in the world, I say that it's been some time since I've seen his name with a little number in brackets next to it. I'm not sure it's done him any favours. No, I agree. Like I told you, might have been. However, practicing, I can confirm he did hit a nine data at the Super Series. Serious. Was it televised and done 10 million views? <laughs> <laughs> televised. It's not on Sky Q, I've checked. Not... <laughs> uh, no, we were we, we were just out uh, was Between the double sessions, we often have a chuckle moment. And he did go 180, 180, 141. Crikey. Can you give me some odds on him doing that the weekend in York? 60 to 1. Right. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's go through the first round games then. So first up, Mitchell against Hogan. Oh, you've gone in that order, okay? What? Um, what? We can do it in draw order if you want. I was going to go draw order because obviously right, that's easier in my mind to work out who's broke down in right. which section. Chat room, get involved as well. Draw order. First up, the number one seed, Robert Thornton, against Neil Duff. What are we playing to? Eight. First to eight. Right. I think. Robert Thornton against Neil Duff. Yeah, first to eight. Right. Do you want do you want him straight off as we go? Yeah, what? Neil Duff, eight, five. Oh, upset the defending champion, the number one seed. Yeah, no, I know, and 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 he's great. Like I enjoyed seeing him. I, I got managed to get a decent chat with 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 Robert Thornton at uh, in Blackpool, and but he, and Neil Duff's got a hell of a game, and he like we know we know what he can do, and he knows how to win as well. He knows how to win in that sort of environment. So I just think he's um yeah, I just think it's that might could well be his his day, Neil Duff. I think it's an eight five. I mean, sure. it doesn't get easy for him if he does win, by the way. He's had some terrible draws um, in these World Seniors events so far. Um, where do I go with this? He's beaten in the final in Australia recently, wasn't he? So he's clearly doing something. He's looking okay. Super Series, he got himself into Champions League by winning the night for the first time before the Masters. Haven't seen Thornton for a few weeks, but like he just knows how to win. And every time I back against Thornton, he goes and wins the title. So <laughs> I'm going to have to back Robert Thornton. Anyone else, I'd fancy Neil to win. But it's just on a stage when someone says, game on to Robert Thornton, he finds something. But I'm going Thornton to edge a close one eight six. Fair enough. 
Richie Housen against Trina Gulliver. Um. Uh, see, I don't. I don't even. I, I'm trying to be as as kind as possible. But but Richie Housen at the senior events on the television is is an absolute monster. Um, it just it just is. He, he he's in certainly in in these early stages of of tournaments. He, he he's generally flawless in the, in the early beginnings of the tournament. Trina's amazing. And and when I saw her on the world scenes at Blackpool, she was amazing with Billy. She was dead like she had all the time in the world for everybody. She's mega, but I just think Richie Housen is 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 just the level he's playing at at the minute will probably allow him to to cruise through it eight three. Go. I think I've got to back Richie again here in this one. He, like Dan said, he has just been so excited. Dan's like, oh, he's a monster on these TV events. This is what I've seen from him for two years on the floor events. <laughs> when he's had the Admittedly, that level from him has dropped a little bit this season, but he has had the security of being so far ahead of everybody else on the money list that actually he's rocking up to these weekends. I think going through the motions a little bit, knowing that actually... He just has to keep rocking up. If he wins a first-round game at every TV tournament, he's done enough to give himself that big enough gap on that list to qualify for the next one. So he's had other interests as well. Obviously, he's played a bit of snooker this year, still fishes. Hopefully, he's put some time in on the board because, like I said, it would be cruel for him to, to go deep once again but not come away with, with the trophy. Um, I think he beats Trina 8-4. I think... He lacks that little bit of ruthlessness, perhaps, to go and really put Trina to the sword in the early round. Despite the fact I think his level will be way above what we see from Trina in this game. Just She's played brilliantly the last couple of games as well. Her level has improved. Um, she looked solid in the Super Series last time. She's still a little bit off the very, very top level. Um, and I think that gives Richie an 8-4 win. Young guy, 8-3 Richie. I just think he'll have too much when it when it matters. This next game is really intriguing, and a lot of people have been asking, is Martin still playing, being everything that he went through? As far as I'm aware, Martin is still still playing. I've heard nothing to say otherwise as he takes on Kevin Painter. Now, after everything that, that's gone on, can he be 100% focused? I think... And 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 again, I mean this with the with the greatest respect in the world to to the man who, who is a, again another amazing bloke and player. I would have picked Kevin Painter in this match had nothing, you know, if, if there was nothing else going on, if there was no other factors involved. I just just on the basis that I just think I've seen, and I admittedly I haven't seen as much as probably both of you two. Um, but I've just seen some bits from Kevin in the last 18 months or two years where he seems to have, you know, he's got a bit of fight in him and he dig his heels in a little bit. And and some of the darts has been really good that we've seen from him. And I, I say, regardless of what's going on, I, I probably would have still backed Kevin Painter. Um, all considered, I'd probably go 8-4 Kevin Painter. I mean, you say we've been going on, can he still keep his focus? We knew that his partner was not very well during the last event, during the Masters. 
we've been told a couple of weeks before that, and he still turned up and played steady, not exceptional, not top level, but he still did turn up, go through the motions and, and produce a level. We've, we've seen him in the Super Series since where I thought he was very lucky not to get through Group A by the time he got to the end of Group B or C, whichever one he fell into. Um, I think he just overdone it a bit for a player that hadn't played for five days for a long, long time. I still think he's got a lot of quality and ability and he seems to be ailment free or more ailment free than he was this time last year when the, the back end of that debut season he had issues with his leg etc um and if he turns up and produces just a steady game i think he'll give kevin a bit of difficulty because kevin's still look, the desire for kev to go and win one of these is absolutely massive he's been very vocal in his desire to win one and actually he, he goes into these games as if it's the pdc world pro player championship finals again all over and, and every single game it puts so much into it but if he's slightly off it drags him so much further off which allows adams a chance to punish him but i think i've got to go kev on this one just i'm going for Wolfie, I don't know why. Everything is telling me Kevin should win, but I've got a feeling that Martin Adams is going to produce. I'm going to go eight six to Wolfie. Glenn Durrant against Jim McEwen. Oh, and how long? How long I have looked forward to predicting a Glenn Durrant match for such a long time, and and I, I mean I'm. I'm close to saying that he's going to win that convincingly. He's going to win a first to eight match 9 0. But I won't go that far. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to pick. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Glenn, without a shadow of a doubt, and I'm going to pick a Glenn winning, but not particularly easily. It'll be 8-6. Jim for me. 
bad. It's a bad week for the Toon Squad. <laughs> it's a bad week for Northeast Sport. Is that what you're predicting? <laughs> um, but he's been ironing his dozer shirt for the for the occasion. <laughs> um, I think Jim's been very lucky to not have qualified for one of these events so far. He won two of the Open Series events last year, but obviously they were like effectively the Pro Tours. His ranking's been there or thereabouts, but. The amount of effort and time he puts into traveling to these events is massive. Drives down from Scotland, it's eight, nine hours every single time each way. Um, but on the topic of the darts, when it clicks in that travel, I'm just, despite the fact Glenn's it and I are, the fact he's not been playing competitively, I think is a worry for me. He's gone and he's got himself back to a level that. Sounds like it resembles Glenn Durrant a little bit more, but it's in a nice, safe and friendly environment, not in an environment where actually there's millions of people watching at home and there's going to be crowd noise and there's going to be some support going against you at that point. And I'm not sure if Dozer's game is ready to go up against that just yet. I'll be happy to be proven wrong, but the lack of match darts can't be underappreciated. So I'm going with you. I'm intrigued. I really am to see where Glenn's game is when someone says game on. Because we saw a very impressive performance from him in the Scotland exhibitions with bunting and that. So if he can reproduce that, I think he can win. But I'm going with Gob on the match sharpness until I've seen him play. I'm going McEwen. Eight, five. Uh, how are we doing, Laura? How are we doing, Maisie? Hope you are good. Uh, evening, Joe. How are we doing, Preston? Right. Phil Taylor against John Park. Ooh. I'm going to have to be snappy with this. John Park, eight, five. Ooh. Yeah. He's gone straight and he fell off his chair there. Yeah. But. No, I, 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 um, oh, it's tough to be honest sometimes, isn't it? I, I, I'm not, Phil Taylor's the greatest player who's ever lived. I'm not, I just aren't convinced how much desire and fight he has left to win. He's got a new shirt, Dan. He's got a new shirt. He's in the he zone. He had a new shirt last year. I, New show the year before. <laughs> Six new sets of darts. <laughs> um, like, let's not link that to anything else. Um, I, I, I don't know. And and he, I, I also we like we haven't. Let's be honest. We haven't seen amazing things from John Park in the last couple of years. We've to, I, I, he's turned up to some events that I didn't expect him to turn up to. Um, didn't we randomly go to Q School two years ago or something that like, that. Yeah, and, to get ready for the seniors' worlds, he was at Q school. Yeah, uh, uh, I, let's be honest. Like both of them, if they can, if they, if either of the winner of this match will be the man that can grab ten percent of the dark player he used to be, like that. You know, if if either man can, if either man can find ten percent of the player they once were, they'll win this match, um, and arguably the tournament. But because they were both that good, um, I, I just. I'd love Phil Taylor to be to rekindle some power, uh, but but my head says John Park. Yeah, 
I there think Taylor wins this all day. They've met a couple of times already in, in seniors' darts. They've got deep history as well. And despite the level that Phil's dropped off, I think Part has regressed that a little bit more. Yes, he had a very, very good run at the Masters, but I think part of that was helped by the format. John Part picked off some very, very good combination finishes that apply an awful lot of pressure in sets that are best of three legs. When Phil Taylor has time to recover and isn't under pressure of losing a set the very next leg or or in that moment, I still think he's he's got John's number at this point. There aren't many in this draw that I would have backed Phil Taylor to have beaten in the opening round, but John Part is one of them. We've got Preston's in the chat room as well, who was the Canadian darts expert as well, so I'll probably have to just yield to his <laughs> definitely better knowledge on Canadian darts than mine. I'm going for Phil to win this one. I just don't think John Park has those levels right now. Um, Scott Mitchell, Paul Hogan. Uh, I can't remember the last time Scott Mitchell played a match and I didn't predict him to win. Um, I just, I just think he's. I think it's a shame that some of his we've we've never seen his best when we really wanted to see it. Um, he's played some. He's an amazing dart player, incredibly talented, and I and I, I wish he'd been able to apply that more consistency. Uh, consistently, I, I think he comes through this probably by at least a few legs. It'll be uh, it'll be eight six eight five. If you'd nailed it, probably eight five. I would go um, eight five Mitchell. I'm going Mitchell as well. I think I, I, I wasn't that impressed with Paul Hogan in this event last year. He lost to Lisa Ashton. I think when we've seen him in the last couple of years, you think back to the Lakeside titles, that, that first one that obviously Dorrit refers to as the man that changed his life in, in Paul Hogan because he missed those darts at a double. In those big moments in front of the cameras, I am not convinced about Paul Hogan because ability-wise and everything else that we've seen from Paul in the last 10 years should have led to something bigger for him. You think about that run at the UK Open when he's beating Gary Anderson and, and whatever else for fun. And you think back to all those late sides and just how prolific he is at open level. And while he has been very, very good, I mean, some of the level that he's produced on the floor events has been ridiculously good. He, he's banged in ton plus averages more consistently than pretty much 99% of the tour. He's, he's been right up there in that regard. I still think when it comes down to it, that bit of experience from Scotty, the fact that he plays at that pace that he does as well, and the fact that they are captains, uh, Scott and Paul played together at England level. I don't think Scotty Mitchell is going to fall for any of the little things that Hogan does. He is one of those that will rattle his darts behind. He is one of those that will walk past you, chuntering to himself when he misses, etc. And I just don't think Scott Mitchell's going to fall for any of that. I get that. I think Mitchell has too much. There's, there's a reason that Paul Hogan doesn't produce the same levels on TV he does on the floor. Um, he just, for me, he's not a stage player. A fabulous floor player, but we just don't see those levels on TV from him. So I can't go against someone that 
produces it on TV. So I'm going Mitchell all day long and twice on a Sunday. Um, Leonard, uh, even Charlie, um, Leonard Gates against Colin McGarry. Uh, very, very difficult to not just comfortably pick Big Lenny. I mean, like the 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 odd statistics. So I was having it like I, again. I'm a bit detached. So I'm I'm trying to look at numbers and statistics whilst I'm talking. I found that Leonard Gates, and this is a good one, Leonard Gates has won 88% of matches he's played on the seniors tour. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, find me another stat like that in any, like, eight, Leonard, I mean, Robert Thornton is on 80%. So, like, that's a fair, but Leonard Gates has won 88, virtually 90% of matches. He wins nine out of 10 matches he plays in the seniors. Like, absolutely unreal. Um, yeah, Leonard Gates, eight. Every tournament I sit here when Colin McGarry qualifies and tell you to look out for this guy, and every single time it hasn't quite come off yet. But I'm going to do it again because I know just how good McGarry is. And actually, in terms of the players that he's come up against so far, he lost to Painter in this event last year. Both played very, very good after he'd already beaten forget his name again. I did this last time. Who was it, Phil? Taylor, he lost to, didn't he? No, he lost to Painter after he beat Fen Tiger. Who's the Fen Tiger? Peter Everson. He absolutely bashed Peter Everson. And the problem was, that was not the game he needed to bash anybody. Everson was bashed enough. Look at the state of him. Um, <laughs> McGarry's A-level is exceptional and he is one of those that is reaping the benefits of playing in ADC vaults weekly. He's absolutely smashing that up. And in terms of, as I said, the players that he's played so far, I think he gave Taylor too much respect at the world. I think it was a little bit in his shadow and paint that started giving it him back. I think he will have learned from that now. And actually, I don't think he's afraid to go up there and, and give it some if he starts winning legs against Leonard. Just look, you've seen more on the floor of Colin than I have, but I'm not convinced about him on a stage. The same as I'm not Hogan. I, I, I just think he's overthought the earlier games. Yeah, I, I think there's still I that just, difference in him. He played. He went into that World Championship playing Phil Taylor as he did in 2003, and not Phil Taylor as he should have been in 2022. Um, Bob says, is that stat being propped up a bit by Gates winning a qualifier a few months ago? I don't think so, because he's only ever lost one TV seniors game. Yeah, true. He lost to Housen at the World, didn't he? Then obviously won the champion in Floor events, he won the qualifier. I think he then made the semi-final of one of the open events. I'm not sure if he played the second one. Yeah, so he's only ever lost one one seniors TV event, um, TV match. Um, how are we doing, Will? Hope you are good, mate. Um, and the last one, John Henderson against David Cameron. Hendo making his debut. Yeah, I, I find this one probably the hardest, the hardest one of the lot because I just think we've consistently seen on television amazing things from David Cameron in the last couple of years. Like really, really good stuff. But 
John Anderson's John Anderson, and and we we know he's doing he's playing he's playing really well on the Challenge Tour. Um, we I, we know he's got some form, and because of that, even though we've seen some great things from David Cameron or like on TV in the seniors. I, I find it virtually impossible to not pick Henderson just because I think he's by far the most, you know, competition polished, match sharp. He's been playing loads of darts. He's been playing competitive darts against very, very talented players at a good level, and he's playing very well. So I think, um, bizarrely, never thought I'd get you know pick David Cameron getting beat you know like this in an opening draw, but probably a Henderson 8-4, I think, is, is probably where that's at. Yeah, I can't not back Henderson here. Look, David Cameron was fantastic going from qualifier to winner in, in the Masters last year. I'm not sure he's quite produced the same impact in the events that have followed, but then again, he didn't play the match play last year. He had a tough draw at the World Championships. I think he played Richie first round, didn't he? Um and then ran into a stink of a draw in, in the Champion of Champions as well. Um, did he not play Neil Duff in the Masters as well? It's just been one of those that's just... Who did he, who did he play in Blackpool? Did he play Leonard Gates? I thought it was Richie. Was it Richie? That's, Richie yeah, yeah, I knew it was one of the... Richie yeah. round one. It was sort of like Richie's redemption tour, wasn't it? Everyone that yeah, beat him on the way to anywhere was his opponent in the, in the Champ of Champs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't knock back Henderson. Some of the level that he produced in the Super Series in Group A last week was ridiculous. Didn't quite happen for him on finals night. Although his group games were special, it was just that when it came down to it, Fallon held her nerve that little bit better in, in the semi-final. Look, there's there's one. I know um, Paul said that evens for Painter was the best price of the tournament. Not for me. John Henderson to win on the handicap, minus 2.5, 11 to eight. What? Right, hang on. Eight five. Eight five. Look five, on the um, the Ray Winston betting firm. I'm just going to mute myself while I form my bookie. John, John Henderson minus two point five. Yeah. Eleven to eight. That that is a steal for that's me. That's mispriced in my in my opinion. a hundred percent value, proper value. Yeah, yeah, he's you know, he's he's done as I said, like, and I, again, I love like you both, you like you all know my feelings on the seniors. Like, I I absolutely love it, but John Henderson is currently ranked fifth on the Challenge Tour, and you look at the players that are around him, or you look at the players that he's currently, you know, above in that order of merit. There he's consistently playing at a higher level than. Um, it, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? It, it? it, it, that's where his game is at the minute, and you can and you can see it fairly in black and white. Um, yeah, are we all going for a Hendo win? Yeah. Um, cheers, Bob. Thank you very much, mate. Massively appreciate your support. I'm listening today, and as the pod when we put it up, thank you very much. Uh, evening, Naz. Hope you are good. Thanks for everyone that listens to the pod. By the way, we we don't tend to say thank you on the middle of the show. Yeah, is that Prince Nazim watching? <laughs> He's busy, wasn't he? The weekend. <laughs> but we don't tend to to push the audio only version of this show anymore, which is basically top and tail of the show and 
just act like it doesn't exist while we're doing it and then realize actually people do want to listen to this as well so we do thank you all for for listening back if you are still one of those podcast listeners yeah oh paul if he gives me that i'll be all over it because i just it's just a bonkers price um right we've given our predictions for the first round it's time i would like your winner and runner-up of the 2023 Jennings Bet World Seniors Match Play. Is the order we went through the draw, that's the bracket, yeah? Yeah. It is. Right, okay. Top four, bottom four. Um, yes. Oh, weird. Uh, Glenn Durant wins 8 nil three times. No, I can't. Like, I won't do that. Um, <laughs> Not because the format goes up. <laughs> <laughs> it wins 8 nil, 10 nil, 12 nil. No. Um, I... I'm finding it really, really tough. Where if I if I go through every every player in this draw and I think about where their game is right now, like today, I find it almost impossible to not pick John Henderson to win this. And if you want a winner and a finalist then because I picked him to win his opening game and I think that he will win the matches after that, providing he gets through the opening game, then I think it's John Henderson beating Neil Duff in the final. Because I think if Neil Duff beats Robert Thornton, he gets to the final. And I can't see John Henderson not coming through that bracket. I would happily, like, if I was able to bend it, I would say that John Henderson beats the winner of the match between Neil Duff and Robert Thornton. Like, I think I think it'll be Neil Duff, but I think whoever wins that match is a I, finalist that gets beat by John Henderson. For me, John Henderson beats Robert Thornton in an all-Scotland final. Freedom! Does that, does that, if that happens, is that not the, the time at which we say we need an event on the World Seniors calendar north of the border? I.e. closer to Teesside than bloody Reading or Yeovil. <laughs> Are you paying my fuel bill? No, but someone will. <laughs> Not a charity. Hmm. I'm not sure I can do this, you know. Thornton. Wins the exact same final as last year. Interesting. I, 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 I don't know where that's come from at all. I'll, I'll give you that. It, it, it's random. Well, it's Phil Taylor. So, but we've been saying that for 18 months. It's Phil Taylor. It's Phil Taylor. And look, 
No, I'm just explaining to everyone else that doesn't know what the final was last year. It's oh, not going, oh, it's really right. not happened. The difficulty I have is like, and and that, and I, it's it's what it's how much of Phil Taylor, the darts player, that Phil Taylor, the current bloke, will be able to bring to York with him. That's that yeah. that's that is the question because if Phil Taylor can bring, you know, fifty percent ish of Phil Taylor, the darts player, with him, then he'd probably win it comfortably. Yeah. And it, I just think how much of that he can get, and I just think oh, I don't know. In that bottom half of the draw, I think he exerts the least amount of effort to get through the first round. It's not the first round I'm worried about. It's on the Sunday. I don't think he Mitchell can, and Henderson. I don't. I don't think he can beat Mitchell, Gates or Henderson, and potentially Thornton in a day. I think he can because I think the Mitchell game will be a reasonable pace. So it's not as if he's got to keep that's his issue. I think if he can play a slow enough game, I think the I Mitchell game won't think... zap out of him if it is Mitchell. And if it's not Mitchell, I definitely am not backing Paul Hogan in that situation. I, I just don't think he, he's and got then, the levels in the tank to beat all of them on a day. I think there's an upset somewhere in that bot in that very bottom quarter of the draw. I don't know where it's going to be, but I think there is one. I don't think Gates and Henderson are both as outright favourites to win those games as they are. Yeah, I, I think I think if you if you put a gun to my head and said pick an pick an upset in that in that half of the draw, yeah, I I mean I've already picked one because I picked John Park, um, but but uh, you know McGarry's got it in him as as as. You very eloquently, you know, talked through. He's he's got, you know, he's got the potential. Um, I, I think the danger's there. You know, Phil Taylor's got to get out of a bracket, even if you put Leonard Gates aside, yeah. with with Scott Mitchell and John Henderson. And I just think they are Pete. They are two blokes, whilst seniors, that are still carrying around too much of their prime level. Yeah. In their game. Far more so than 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 currently, Phyllis. The thing is, I look back at the moments of the last couple of tournaments as well. Champion of champions, Phil pushed Leonard Gates. Right, that that wasn't as big a walkover as it, it might be perceived. Looking back on it, that game was very close. It was within two legs towards the latter stages of it. Um, who else have we got in there? And that game, the Masters, not too first round. Phil looked very very good to the point where. Suddenly, a lot of people that are associated with Phil rock up on the Sunday to come and see Phil play. And then he gets the worst draw possible for him because the pace of Dennis Harbour just ruined him. He was still throwing to a decent level. And all right, that might be an issue when he plays Scott Mitchell, but I don't think Scott is as slow as Dennis. He only averaged 82 in that Leonard Gates game, though. It, I agree the scoreline was close. But it wasn't vintage, Phil. It wasn't vintage, vintage, but it was picking off finishes that was keeping him in that game. I just... You don't I have don't... to average 98 to win a senior tournament. No, but if you can average 95 for the day... Yeah. James you're... Wade mops this up. 95 and 40% of the doubles. and He's massive favourite. I, 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 I don't know if anyone else has saw this, but someone had, had quite beautifully, I think, AI'd up the seniors tour in, in about 
30 years time with a top set and I very much enjoyed that uh, I, I just uh, think Wade looked like one of the Weasley twins from Goblet of Fire M- MVG Santa was probably my favourite yeah. <laughs> I, I just think that at some point, if Phil's going to win this, he's going to have to beat probably Mitchell, Henderson, Gates and Thornton at some point. He's going to have to average over 90. Yeah. And he hasn't threatened that yet in seniors darts. No. Yeah. I right. Moving on. Love talking about the seniors, but we've still got plenty to discuss. Um, we touched on it last week a little bit, but we are going to talk about the Lakeside Ali Pally debate and whether players can play in both X, Y, and Z. Nothing official. I've just done some digging, speaking to a few people like I do as a content creator. Um, as Not I under- anymore, right? as I understand it. Players will not be allowed to play in both. Not a fan. I'm not a fan of that at all. Which I only know this from the men's side of it. Do we think that the women will be in the same boat or will they be allowed? If Um, the information is correct. Where, where in, in, like and this is and again like I know I have my like my all views my own, but um, I I cannot understand like if you take because because yes it's a sport it's a competition but it, it boils down to an opportunity for a person to earn money as a professional in what they do to earn money, and you for me you put a barrier you're putting a barrier in a way where you're deciding that person isn't able to go and put food on the table. And I think it's a ridiculous decision. And I don't understand it at all. I just think it's bizarre. Like I, I say, think in this day and age, you're on a sticky wicket if you then say, it's all right for these people, but not these people. Now, they might do that, and they'll find 10 ways to justify it, and that's fine. But me personally, it, it, it rubs me. I, I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm genuinely not a fan of it. Like I said, this this hasn't come officially. This is me going off and doing what I do and, and digging around and speaking to people. But as I understand it, the international qualifiers and so on will not be allowed to play in both if they qualify. And and, I, and but and who gains what out of that decision? Like I, I do like for some you know the PDC has some exclusivity on on some players that they're probably not doing a great deal with. You know, I, I just, I don't get it. I think it's an odd, it's an odd decision. I would really like somebody to, because, because, because I, I, you know, the, for me, the PDC do a very, very good job at ninety nine percent of everything they do. Like nine, like ninety nine percent of everything the PDC do, I, I, I find myself going, yeah, that's really good, that's great. They're also very good, genuine, generally very, very good. Sometimes through us in sitting down and explaining the decision, um. Yeah. I'd love to hear it because because if someone can explain why that decision is a really of an advantage to the, the you know whoever's made the decision and that organisation and and what advantage that could possibly have for players, I'd love to hear it. I don't think there is one. 
Because if those international qualifiers rock up at the lakeside, you've got more to talk about on the broadcast. You are not going to lose spectators like, over the time period you that you have for the PDC World Championship. You're not you going to lose players from the event. You're already sold out, right? So actually, if Luke Littler was to go and win the WDF World Championship in the first week of December and then rock up at the Ali Pali, the attention on him goes even more ridiculous than the fact that he's a 16-year-old. But if you think so, so, if you look at so you look at say say for example, and this is where I don't, you get a player from from Australia, from New Zealand. You, you get one, you know, get one of the lads from over there, and and they're going to come to Britain. Like, who's paying for their flight? Who's getting them here? The PDC is not paying their on, flight. Depends no, but, on no, which association is, they come through. So sometimes yeah. the DPA will try and fund. Or but, DPNZ will try and fund those from Australia, etc. But if they're coming over for two events, but the point I'm trying to make is yeah. they come in from like from potentially you know China, Australia, America, wherever to the UK. They're invited to two tournaments. They could play in them both, right? Why is the why would the big organisation to which now let's be honest, they're the qualifiers, the international qualifiers. Like they're not the people on the Sky adverts. They're not the people in the programs. They're not they are they are the people that the seedings tell us will be knocked out in round one. Mm-hmm. Why does it matter to them? And why would you prevent somebody from potentially going? Because because with the greatest respect of everybody that plays in both organisations. Those international qualifiers that the seedings will tell us will probably be knocked out in the first round of the PDC World Championships are potential winners of the other one. So why would you prevent someone? What would justify? And I and I'm I'm I'd love it if someone could stand and say, like, this is why I I would love it. I'll take it on board. I would love it if we beat them. (laughs) (laughs) But if and I'll take it on board and go, oh yeah, great. And 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 I'm sure, I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure there's a reason because the PDC generally do things the right way and do things very well, and I rarely disagree with it. And and for that reason, I, maybe there's just a reason that I can't see and I don't understand. Well, the other thing is that surely once they've been in the country a bit longer, already played in one tournament where they've settled, played on front of in front of a TV camera and an audience, their ticket sales generally seem to be going quite well at the minute for the for the WDF that actually the chance of them producing a better level and a story and an upset at the Ali Pali goes up. It, it, for it, I, I, there's, I, I think I could probably, if I sat down with a pen, I could probably find 25 reasons why it was a good idea Ooh. to allow them to play in both. And I probably wouldn't find a reason to write why it wasn't. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. Paul, mate, that doesn't make sense. Because the people have been doing it for the last few years anyway. It's just been the other way around. Well, for You've the if you don't, if play you... at Ali Pali and then go to Lakeside three weeks later. Paul, if that's upsetting you, mate, please, for God's sake, don't ever watch boxing. You'll have a, <laughs> you'll have a panic attack. Like you can watch you can watch people fight for a world championship of the same way every week. It, it, it's uh, yeah. I just don't get it. Like I, I would love it if that's the decision. I, I, first of all, I would like it if that they could just own it and come and say it and say it out loud, and then explain why. Because there might be something I'm missing, and there probably is. Because I'm, um, you know, I'm, I, I might have not understood something, and there's probably that someone's going to come out and say, yeah, this is why, and I'll go, oh, fair enough. 
if that is a decision, the players need to know as soon as possible as well. Well, again, and you know, my like this is why I rant and rave about various other organisations with their world championships. Like, it's a decision that needs making like six months ago. Well, the fact that the decision, like, I don't understand why why would we would make a decision now. All I'm saying is this information came from a player, so they are aware. Yeah, I just think wow. through official channels, through a letter or anything, or through a word of mouth conversation that then can't be traced back upon social media. That's why I said that this isn't anything official. This is just the information that I have been given. And yeah, there's a there's a there's a I I I'm not sure. And I don't want to like I don't want to get into like real geeky stuff, but there's a piece of legislation in this country called IR35, and I'm not convinced that they've read it. Like I, I, I'm, I just think they're wide. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get how you could say to somebody, "You're not employed by us. We don't pay you. We provide you with an opportunity to come and earn." But you're not employed by us in any way, but you're not allowed to go and work for somebody else. It, 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 I don't get how how you could get. I don't get how you could get around IR thirty five, and and I don't understand the justification as well as it. I'm like I'm not a fan of it in general, but I just I I would love it if someone could clarify um, the decision publicly. Uh, look, I think we'll get it soon because Nick Roll said in an interview that I think it's this week there's a um, a meeting with the PDC. So we could well get clarification this week. Let's hope so. Um, it'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. But if it is, then potentially that standby list could be going quite deep for Lakeside. Poor, you too, right? Oh, the, I was going to say, the, the, the bookies are going to have to sharpen their pencils because there'll be some monster changes. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Um, right, what else have we got to talk about today? What else have we missed? More to the point. What was on the list? Champion of champions. You were there, you muppet. Yeah. The Red Dragon Champions of Champions was won by Kurt Parry. I tell you what, having experienced it again, I want a best of three all the way through. It looked mint. It looked class. I want, I'd love a PDC tournament to be best of three all the way through. Best of three, double in, double out. That's what I'm like. That's what I go for. We need a tournament of best of three, double in, double out. Total um, carnage. Yeah, oh, it was just best of three. It's just cutthroat. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, no, another great day. I, I, I love champions, and it's um, becoming a real staple of the darting calendar. To be fair, obviously we had the the COVID break, but other than that. It's um, it, it, it's just so good. Uh, Morgan, yes, Jim Williams was there, and that's another conversation. Um, missing 
PDC events to play in that. I'm not sure that'll go down particularly well. What is going? Are we, does anybody know what's going on? Like, is, like, is it? Is it? Am I out the loop on something, or is it just a general mystery? Just a mystery, mate. International yeah. man of mystery is Arjun. Yeah. Um, look, only Jim knows. It's it's down to him, but he missed a Euro Tour to play in the UK DA Finals weekend, and then he's missed a Pro Tour to play in Champions. So it seemed to work so hard for a tour card, you know, like it, like it. Yeah, I mean, there's clearly a reason for like. There's obviously a reason, whether it's known or not. There's there's definitely something going on though, isn't there? Yeah, um, yeah. This week's uh, week three was won by Marina Mikels, the Super Series. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't know too much about him. But over the week, he actually played some really tidy stuff. He got better as the week went on as well. Yeah, yeah. Settled in really nicely. His level just kept creeping up. His finishing was superb. And he's so... was like diminutive as a figure, but he just plots along. Like, he doesn't dominate the stage when he finished. Like, yep, yep, here's a couple of trebles. The 105 he produced, average-wise, in the group stage on Saturday night. Which is talent. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Absolutely superb stuff. Um can I love this. This is the weekly um Corey Cadby visa update. Um no, yeah. no, there is one. There isn't one. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh new target launch soon. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting that. Excuse me. Um, always, always a good day. That's for sure. Um, don't think we've missed anything else in particular, have we? I think we've ticked all the boxes on my little list of uh, stuff to witter on about. Was Fallon's Nine on TV? It was on my TV. It was on Sky Q. <laughs> In all, in all four rooms that Sky Q's come <laughs> in. Um, yeah, Corey, we saw, we, we saw him win a Australian Pairs event. I don't know the stand or anything. I just saw, saw some pictures on Facebook. Uh, yeah, the end of the Chinese Premier League. Um, what was that? The end of the Chinese Premier League. And every night, including the playoffs, Song won them all. Nobody watched on PCT due to the comms in Chinese. I'm really excited to see Zong at the World Championships. I liked what I saw at the World Cup. Do we think Zong is the Marco Fu or Ding Zhang Wei of Asian no. dance? No. I, well, I, oh, I, maths alone, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't watched any Chinese Premier League. But what I am doing is flicking through the averages alone and scores. And I don't think we need to be too worried about a new top 10 player breaking out. Not yet. He's still quite young. He has been hampered by the fact he couldn't travel due to COVID. I think he was allergic to one of the vaccines. Yeah, he he met. Many couldn't take it and get back into the country afterwards. All right, all right, all right, 
Is it a nine? Yeah. On that screen before. Yeah. He's not it, it, Billy. I just think he needs to be in. I haven't got the knowledge. I... Where he can play more competitive steel tip darts. I'm still not sure it's big enough over there, despite the fact you've got academies popping up and they are taking it seriously in China, but I think they need that one person at the top to spearhead that and draw the attention as well. And I think he's young enough and good enough that maybe he could turn into that player. Well, I'm, too, I'm, many, too many averages beginning with a seven for me the, at the moment. No, no, and, and, and the range is big, as in we've got a 78, an 84 and 102 on night seven. So the range is too big at the moment. That that's yeah. that range needs to the, the bottom end. Yeah, it needs to tighten it up, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, I definitely think there is potential there of of, of a player in Zong. Um, so that was that one. Um, is it true Perez is going to move to England? I've got no idea, Leo. I've got a question of your start as well, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, so look, let's let's open it up. Let's get questions in. I like this bit, and we'll we'll, we'll just go to town. Right, bear with me thirty seconds. I just have to run and deal with something. I'll be thirty seconds literally. No worries, Dave. No worries. Um, right, we've got some starred. So we'll start with Pauls from earlier on. Um, in your opinion, who will achieve more, Van Veen or Littler? Or oh, that's Luke. Yeah, I think I think they will both have glittering careers, but I think Luke is a potential generational talent. I, I genuinely do. I'm already considering him at the similar level in terms of ability, and Luke's got five years to go. On yeah. The end. Um, so yeah, for me, there let's done that one. Sam asks, out of the current players, who would you like to see go into commentary and punditry when they stop playing? There we go. Current question we're on, Dan, is out of the current players. Who would you like to see go into commentary and punditry when they stop playing? Oh, that's an interesting question. I like that question. Um, current player. Well, it depends on what reason I'd like them. Some of them are just because they'd be hilarious. It depends on whether I think they'd be hilarious or whether I think they'd be actually talented and very good. Um, yes, Bob. Vincent doing English comms. Absolutely, Vincent van der Voort in the Sky Studio. Could you imagine the scenes? There's quite a few of them that you'd need a 10 second delay and a beat button, isn't there? Like, without <laughs> you definitely need you need to have a beat button in Sky in, installed um, into it. it. It takes a lot because you've got. I think you've got to really commit to it. And and whilst there's some players that give us good, like really good interviews, I think that commentary is a different skill, and it's a different skill to the pundits that we could get. You can, I think there's some players we've got that make excellent pundits. Yeah. But but comms, I just think it's a real art, and I, and I'm 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 not sure. I think. Yeah. 
Merv's a shout for the comms. I'm surprised they haven't used him that little bit more. He's got that experience. He's done it on the Euro Tour, isn't he? Yeah. Um, in terms of a pundit, I think someone like Joe Cullen would be awesome. Yeah. The problem is he's 20 years off it. Yeah, yeah. That's least. the problem. He's, I just he's... think he's, of all the top, top players at the minute, he is the one that doesn't pause or hesitate in his speech patterns, doesn't go... Um, uh, whatever he's so free flowing and easy in his conversation. How about and this is and and this is uh, it's popped into my head, and and it's someone that's probably towards you know the the part of their career that um, the way they do it. What about Whitlock? I don't think he'd do it, I don't think he'd want to do it either. No, we know Devin's like Devin dabbles, doesn't he? Yeah, I'll tell you one. I remember he commentated once, and when I heard he was going to do it, I was like, surely not. But do you remember when MVG commentated on that game in the Stop European it. Championships Stop for it. ITV? Stop it now. I actually quite enjoyed it. No, friend. But again, it's do you enjoy it because you have a little giggle and go, <laughs> MVG's on comms? Or, or, it like, or is it like that he actually did a good job of the commentary? I thought, um, actually, I was going to say something then, but that doesn't really set the standard. I'm going to say anyway, he was better than John Rowling. He was, he, he was alongside. Yeah, I'd have, I, so oh, I, no. yeah, Hendy there, I'd have Flint off back in a, in a dinner heartbeat. Yeah. Flint off was amazing. <laughs> The first time he did it, he was pissed as well because they yeah, tagged him right in the middle so of Oh, good. I'd have Flint off back straight away. Yeah, um, yeah, Phil did it, but Phil didn't work. He he did, just didn't work at the match play when they, they tried it with him. You know, do a good job of it. Really, really well, but he just doesn't like doing it. John Henderson. Yeah. I think he speaks really well. To be fair, I actually think that Dozer may get a go at a top gig because I think he's developed over the last year into a very, very good analyst. I'll, I'll tell you who could do, and and, and this is out, but you know, it, it could almost fill the Mardle position of a larger than life, big presence, Gezi. Guess he could do it. Yeah. He's got the he's got beat the... ready though, wouldn't he? <laughs> what? He'd be one with a beat button ready. Could you imagine a darts after that where they've got Gezi, Wade, Scott Williams, Vincent, <laughs> and Kim Hybrax just sat there having a pop of people? <laughs> Vincent, Vincent should go in every broadcast now. We've we've said this. I'm absolutely bang up. I'll, t- I'll tell you who's got it, and and, and I, again, I think it'd be awful, but I, I'd piss my sides watching it because I've never seen some of that. I've genuinely like tickled myself with the current social media content that's coming from Stephen Bunting. It just is like absolutely. He, he, he speaks very well as well. If you get him in like a longer format interview, yeah, right? I, and and I think by also. From this, the stuff we're seeing from him at the minute, like he's clearly able to like detach himself a little bit and sort of yeah. put himself and think, oh, I'll do like Stephen Bunting, probably not the worst shout to do it was you know, for, for some comedy, you know. Um, we've got who said Peter Drury? Drury used to commentate on the darts a long time ago. Yeah, 
He used to do the ITV stuff. Um, Wade would be escorted from the building halfway through. Is that taken out? Scrappy so, John Rawlin. Leo asked this, and someone else did as well. My apologies. Right now, the best player not to have a tour card. <sighs> every week, every week. <laughs> um, it's Luke. Yeah, dad to not, dad to not agree in it. Yeah, I, I want to see him in more longer format stuff. I think that's the only thing we're missing now from well, from current, Luke, and it's a bit difficult to turn around and say it is a hundred percent him. But in the short of, format stuff, back to back Super Series champion, he's in the World Youth Final. He finished second on that Dev Tour because he had one bad weekend, which with his experience will let him off. I think the other players in that sort of conversation are ones that have got that experience in Henderson West. Andy Barton's is Barton. still right up there at the minute. We just need Barton. to see more of him. Um, but it's it, it's Luke. <laughs> that's high praise for a 16 year old I mean doesn't have a tour card he's, he's earned one he's won it and he will be taking it in January but without it right now look look, look. it depends on whether you it depends, the, the question's twofold isn't it do you, is it ceiling or is it current form you know like because you because there is and, and, and yeah it's probably Luke but you've got even you know you've got players without a card that have played very very well this year and have made like strides up up the order, the likes of Andy Bolton, Barry Van Peer, Chris Landman, like they've they've played regularly and and moved themselves up. You know that there is a small group of players without a tour card that are proving they can compete very much in the mix. Yeah, I think the problem with some of those names is they've had cards before, and I'm not excited about them having a card. Yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, they're in the conversation that. of being the best of out a card. Well, they might be when they do get a card, they don't do anything with it. Yeah, I get that. Whereas I think Barry Vampire is a much different player now to when he had a tour card. Yeah, I think Christian Kiss might be the same. I think Yella Klassen's regressed if he's in that conversation. No I one said Paul Greaves yet. That was really interesting. Pilgrim is definitely in the conversation. The problem is with Bo, it's just listening to her interviews, especially the one that she did with Abby before the match play, I don't think she's got any interest in wanting to go and play against the men on a full-time basis. Yeah. Um, Lee says, has Gob officially retired from darts yet? No, I actually played all right last week. So oh, so you're, he's back. I'm having a break this week, though. I desperately wanted a break last week. You know, you just don't enjoy it. Just going through the motions. Yeah, yeah. I did that. So I played Super League, got bashed. Spent an hour on the board afterwards while all the other games are going on and started to find something a bit. Um, um, 2-0 on Wednesday and then played... A, I went pairs. We had 140, 96, 137 to leave my partner 170 and 12 dollars later across the game. One leg, 701, and we left 170 after 15. Jack says, Job should change his Twitter profile to Prime Boy. No. Boy, I'm 28. Grow up. On on this call with the two of us, you're you're always going to be the young one, aren't you? Uh, um, (laughs) Jamie, who are we more likely to see at the Worlds? AD or Corey? Lord Lucan. I was going to say, more likely to see me and Gob there than them two. (laughs) We're, we're the opening act with John McDonald throwing nine yards <laughs> each. 
And then John will turn around and go, don't worry, everyone, this isn't the World Championship. Yeah, don't worry, don't panic. Just practice. Um, Hendy, Bo's been offered the Super Series numerous times, mate, and turned it down. Um, keep your questions coming in. Chat room's on fire today. So, the, the commentator one got people talking. I like that. We should work on Gob's confidence. We should game just. I, I'll I'll play him on a stream. It'll give him a. <laughs> Line him up. To be fair, lockdown. We started playing a fair bit between us, didn't we? Me, you, Cam, Boise. Yeah, I terrified everyone. The first three darts I threw, I threw a one forty, and it was the last one forty I threw in the entire time we played. <laughs> I mean, I, I threw three darts, and everyone went, "Oh my god, he can play!" But then within ten minutes, everyone, "Oh no, he can't." Back to normal. Should have ranged online darts, colleagues' darts. But look. Uh, Morgan, we tried to do it this year. Um, me and Dan were in regular contact, but we just didn't have enough time to get it off and running. But the summer barbecue next year is one hundred percent happening. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we need two. I think we need two th- two focuses for next year. We need a a, a, a social focused event, uh, something that's uh, um, where we can get together and all have a bit of crack. But I, I think we need to do a a live live lounge. I think that need. I think we well, need a. Um, you should say that because with enough notice, could you get to the Midlands for a Monday night? Comfortably. Comfortably get to the Midlands on Monday so, night. So, we, <laughs> we have a venue. The participants are picking up the keys this week for the venue. We just need to sort a date out and we are going to have a Monday night live lounge live. Live lounge, see that's the live lounge live sounds amazing. A live live lounge, <laughs> live, live question, live question, like question time, like in the room. Like, yeah, like, we are time, we, it? We, we have a venue, we are just waiting to confirm a date. They get the keys this week. Ah, uh, see, that's very exciting. How so, we cool. are going to have the live lounge live, the live, the live live lounge. That's that's mint, yeah, love um, that. Obviously, us three, if you can get there, us three, Boise, we'll try and convince Jar to come along. I was just trying to think if I could pick anyone up on the way. I'm, uh, it depends where in the Midlands we're at, but I'll... Uh, I can I 20 can... minutes from my house, mate. <laughs> Between Nottingham and Derby. That's not the Midlands, it's the deep south. <laughs> Midlands. <laughs> Midlands, I think, leads... <laughs> Uh, to, to be fair, um, as Laura's said there, we've got to tell John the date. He's coming over. Maisie wants to come as well. There are some a lot of players live in and around that area. Um, so I, I, well, I have to... some of them though. <laughs> to be careful. What's that? I said I've upset some of them though. <laughs> to be careful. <laughs> um, well, uh, Tommy, we haven't sorted a date yet. We are going to work on a date in the coming weeks, but it, it is going to happen. There's going to be dartboards there. I'm actually excited. So we're going to do this and we're going to do the summer barbecue as well. Mint. Um, so they are events that we are working on a hundred percent. Superb, James. Um, 
we'll wait for you there. Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, Jim Williams won't be there. He's, there's a there's a tournament in a in a pub somewhere that he's uh, getting involved in. We've <laughs> only got um, two hours, remember? Yeah, it's um. Don't get me wrong. We are, I need to buy some equipment, but we are going to happen. Uh, yeah, there are dartboards there. Live lounge, live. We have to all fetch uh, our old mics. That fetch me a mic and like run down there. We're um. So yeah, basically, we need to go up, suss the venue, work out what we actually need to do it, and then we're going to run with it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm genuinely excited for it as well. So you can all hear Gob saying "stupid" in real life. Don't say anything stupid then. He can sign autographs with writing "stupid" on everything, can't he? He can just he can just get pictures of himself and write "stupid" on them all. Yeah, you know our players put numbers in that are significant to them. When we won the university national championships, I hit double two to win it, so I started putting four in absolutely everything I did for about six weeks. Brilliant. Uh, to be fair, fours, my, that, that was the football. I was really superstitious when I used to play all the time that I'd only wear number four. What position? A fullback in number four? That's sacrilege. <laughs> I, I know, it breaks my own rules, but I only wear four. <laughs> See, I, I, I got saddled with, again, the, the, um, you know, the medicine you have to take being a Newcastle fan. The, everything that I had, for, and certainly married up with the age that I am as well, Ended up with the number fourteen because of the great David Ginola. Um, <laughs> that everything, every shirt I ever had, everything I ever did, every time as a kid, you had to add a number to anything. It was yeah. always well, foot number fourteen, David Ginola, uh, best best player in the world. Um, yeah, we we will have a, a live Barney alarm for a live Barney alarm for Jar as well. I tell you now, Els, you won't need to bring bevies. That gives you a hint at what sort of venue it is. Yeah. Um, those that are friends with the people on social media will know. Yeah. Pazzo, my days are gone, mate. Um, that's the night we're playing, Arnold, anyway, Wednesdays. You can is meet all with the chat. The, the plan is to do a live lounge live where we'll, we'll just do what we do. There'll be some, like, audience interaction we'll have the dartboard set up we'll do some challenges um and, and everything like that so i might um might bring some palmos please i still refuse like they sell them in astor up here they sell them everywhere now. They're sneaking into like takeaways and like the Green King chain pubs and everything. But I refuse to have one until I've been up to yours and had a proper one. There is so there, I keep saying the, the invite stands that there is there is a I live in a little village and the, I can walk to a Premier Inn and we've got a little village pub that does the best Palmo in the area. So if you ever find if you ever free for the night, you pop up and we'll 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 host you here in. Uh, in, in, in Simpson Castle, and we'll we'll go for a little palm on a few pints. <laughs> um, I'll off the Pro Tour stream and come to yours Monday after the York. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, he could come up after we're at 40 minutes from York. You can, by all means, head up the way. <laughs> well, well, you see, the thing is, 
we could do it here with a palm or We'll, we'll, two live. we'll do two a year live. One from the north, one from the south. <laughs> uh, Midland, um, sorry. <laughs> um, everyone absolutely smashed the live lands tonight. Absolute top, top show from everyone. Remember, this will be available as audio only by the time you get up in the morning because I will edit it tonight like always. Um, absolute top show. Gentlemen, it's been a blast. Always a good time. Pleasure. I hope Lee Boyce is feeling better and recovering nicely once again. Yeah. And and unfortunately, he regressed at the dogs. So he needs to go back for more surgery. <laughs> Poor um, but everyone, I've been Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Dan Simpson. We have been the Online Darts Live Lounge. We'll return next week as always. But that is us signing out. We'll see you all very, very soon. Bye. See you later. 